What are little girls made of? Sugar and spice and all that's nice. That's what little girls are made of. Mother Goose. I'm just a good old boy Trying to be a good old man Out here learning on the fly Trying to do the best I can Hello and welcome to the Faithful Fatherhood Podcast. I am Brett Etheridge, co-host of the podcast. Really excited to have you on this episode where we are going to talk about daughters, fathering daughters, raising daughters, and the timing is perfect because I am expecting a daughter. And in fact, at the t- yes, at the time you are listening to this, it's possible that I've already had my daughter, but I am, I'm just literally potentially days away from my wife going into labor with our very first girl. And I want to talk about that, not, not specifically the fact that I'm having a daughter, but, but what to do when you have a daughter, how to raise daughters, what might be different about raising daughters as opposed to sons. And it's one thing to read about it. It's one thing to think about it and pray about it and envision what it might be like and, and so forth. But what I think is even more wisdom is to actually talk to somebody who's gone before you, who's done it, who is in the process of doing it. And fortunately, my co-host, Perry Hughes, has gone before me. He is raising a daughter after having three boys first, which is a very similar situation to my own. I have three boys and I'm about to have a girl. And so we're going to spend time on this episode hearing from Perry. I'm going to ask him a whole bunch of questions as I try to get ready to be a girl dad for the first time. So super excited about that. Super excited to welcome, as always, Perry. Perry, how, how are you doing this week? What's up, brother? I'm so happy to be here. I have to say this morning, I was in the office early with a coaching client phone call, and I was able to watch the sunrise from the office window. And man, I just was encouraged today by the beauty of creation. And I was reminded by the Holy Spirit to just enjoy the little things today, you know? And so, man, I just want to share that with you, share that with the listeners and say, I'm fired up to be alive today. I'm fired up to enjoy the beauty of creation, the sunrise, the sky, you know, the way the wind moves in the trees, birds, like all these little things, man. They're just little gifts from the Lord, uh, just little touches, little whispers, little gifts from the Lord uh, to, for us to be reminded to, to enjoy and appreciate beauty, you know? And man, uh, what another way to to think about that is enjoy and appreciate the beauty of a daughter, yes. of women, of girls. That's right. Uh, you know, so yeah, I'm I'm pumped to be here, brother. How about you? Well, you're firing me up. I did not get to see a beautiful sunrise this morning, so I'll live vicariously through you. But yeah. definitely good encouragement to to pay attention to the little the little gifts that God gives us throughout the day. So I'm excited to dive in. I have a million questions I'd like to ask you about what it's been sure. like to raise a daughter. Real quick, though, any fatherhood wins from the week? Uh, yes, actually, some great ones this week. Um, and I'll let them stay a little mysterious um, be, in case any dads have their daughters on listening to the podcast. But I've been doing some fun teenage humor with my two oldest boys this week. It's okay. been a hoot. Yeah. We've been wiling out. We've been being a little silly, uh, a little crude. Um and I just kind of think back to my teenage years, me and my buddies, you know, some of the things that we thought were funny, uh, some jokes that we would, you know, prank each other with. And, you know, just some of that stuff, just as good times as a guy, just having fun, being a little rowdy um, and maybe maybe a little crude humor, you know, stuff like that. And uh, we've been doing that a, a bit this week and it's been super fun. And we have been intentionally leaving their mother uh, and the and the two younger kids out of it. That's wisdom. Um, because, you know, it's not really appropriate for the younger kids and their mom doesn't want to hear that right. stuff anyway. So <laughs> I remember how much trouble I got in the first time I introduced my boys, even to something as simple as like trick or treat, smell my feet and give me something, you <laughs> yeah. know, my wife gave me this nasty look. I thought it was funny. My boys were laughing. I was like, oh, maybe we'll, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll do that more in private. So yeah, good wisdom. I'm, that's exciting. My win from the week was we, so we're planning on delivering at home. We we delivered our first biological child, Declan, at home, a home birth. My wife is, uh, it's really important to her to have an all natural birth and a home birth awesome. and with midwives and the whole deal. And, and I did yeah, not it know is, that about y'all. 
Yeah, no, it, it is totally awesome. And it was a great experience with Declan and we're excited about it with, uh, with baby girl. But when you're delivering at home, like it should be a welcoming environment, it should be a clean yeah. environment. And so right. we actually have spent the past week preparing the birthing environment. So I've got like a spick and span, cleaned, vacuum, dusted yeah. bathroom yeah. and bedroom. And yeah. I was like, man, how come we can't keep it like this all the time? But, I know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it is, sure. it is an environment ready to welcome our baby girl in. What, the rest of the house might be chaos and, and a disaster still, but, uh, but the birthing environment is ready to go whenever my wife is ready to go into labor. So excited about that and uh, excited to transition and dive in and talk with you about, about having a daughter. So you had three boys first. Let me, let me ask you sort of the honest question. Were you sure. ready for a girl by about like child number two, three, four? Like, were you wanting a girl? Or I know so many fathers are like, oh, I don't care. They're all great. Whatever God gives me. But did you secretly sure. want a girl? So I love that question. And I'll be completely honest with you. Please, um, we did think we do things a little wild sometimes. So um, you might not know this, and I'm, I'm sure the listeners don't know. We did not find out the gender oh. of the first three children that we had. So we didn't know what we were getting, and so you were totally fine regardless. Out. Yeah, yeah. Now you said I was totally fine regardless. That's not true. <laughs> <laughs> I was not I was not fine regardless. I was fine with the mystery and the surprise. Gotcha. But to be perfectly honest, bro, I adamantly did not want a girl. Really? When we oh man, when Na we found out Nancy was pregnant, I was like, "Please Lord, do not let it be a girl." Now, I say that not because I have something against girls, not because I oh, had to have a son to carry on the name, the legacy, none of that, none of that. But for whatever reason in my mind, the weight of a father raising a daughter was more than I could bear at that age, at that time, at that stage of my life, right? So JP, my oldest is about to turn 15. I'm 44. So we're talking about 15 years ago. And I'm like, please, Lord, you know, your will be done. But hey, if I get a little, if I get a little say in this, uh, please, let's not let it be a girl. How about a boy? Right? Because you um, did not feel prepared. That's interesting. No. And you recognize like that and too, you knew that. Yeah. I feel like it was too big of a weight, too big of a responsibility. I mean, it's not like raising a son is there's no, there's not like that's not a responsibility. I mean, it is. But man, you know, I just know of I just know and I believe in my heart that the father-daughter relationship is so important. It's so vital to a little girl's, you know, purity, her sexuality, what she looks for in a in a man, in a husband growing up. And bro, I was like, man, I just don't want to screw this up. So we didn't find out what the gender, uh, what the sex, um, we did not find out what the sex of our first three kids were. At, and we had our first two kids with midwives in the hospital and our third and fourth kids with midwives in a birthing center. Okay. Um, and it was cool. Uh, we didn't hire a doula, but I kind of was the doula. Um, and you know, I was doing all the things with the candles and the playlists and the massage and the back pressure and the let's get up and move and here drink some water and all the things that you know a doula would do i was kind of doing that for nancy's first and second third fourth labor by the fourth time i was like bro i just need to be a doula people can hire me as a doula <laughs> it might be weird to have like a male doula but whatever um so anyway uh by the time we had our third kid who was a boy and and by the time we had two, Nancy was like, hey, I'm kind of good. We probably don't have to have any more kids. I wanted a lot of kids. Um, and our our third and our fourth were not kids that we were actively trying to make a baby, right? Um, we got pregnant and we're like, whoa, surprise. Um, so anyway, by the third one, we still didn't find out the gender. And then when she got pregnant with the fourth one, a couple things happened. One, she's like, hey, go to the doctor, get fixed. I'm not having any more babies. I'm done with this. So I went and actually uh, had the medical procedure to not make babies anymore while 
she was pregnant with our fourth child. Yeah, that's a step of faith. <laughs> She's like, I want to make this like extra careful. We're not having any more babies. I'm like, all right, cool, whatever. But what a cool thing we did is for our fourth kid, we found out the gender and we didn't tell anybody that we were finding out the gender. And we found out uh, Ruby was born in May. And so we were able to find out the gender in like late November, early December. And it was a girl. And so uh, let me backtrack. By the time we had the third kid, we found out she's pregnant with the fourth. I kind of had this conversation with the Lord. Hey, I'm cool if it's a girl. Yeah. So you were ready. You felt you felt like you had yes. grown enough. Obviously, you knew what it was like to be a father to boys. You had matured. You were older. What made you feel like you were ready for a girl at that point? I just, you know, JP was five at the time. It had been five years of fathering kids, five years of learning what it means to be a dad, five years of just development and growth personally. And I honestly felt excited about the idea of having a baby girl, having a father-daughter relationship, being that rock, being that anchor in her life that points her to Christ, points her to, you know, the, her heavenly father, building a love relationship with her that equips her to feel safe, secure, embraced, loved, special, unique, all the things, you know, that the girls who have daddy issues run off into bad relationships and run off into abuse and run off into promiscuity, all those things. Now, she's a young lady. She's going to make her own choices, right? Obviously, I get that. But I just felt excited about that challenge. I felt excited about living up and stepping up to be that role as a man, as a father. And so it was different the fourth time around. And I kind of had this you know, conversation with the Lord. Hey, Lord, that's cool. I'm ready to have a girl. You know, like again, every prayer was Lord, your will be done. But for the first three, there was a, you know, there's a little uh, PS, a little postscript, you know, in that prayer. If I get to say so, let's just have some boys. Right. But by the fourth one, it, my heart had changed and I was excited and I was ready. Um, so I was having, I, I was having coffee with my wife, Melanie. We spent some time earlier this week on her birthday together and we're sitting at this coffee shop and, and a mutual friend came in and we're, and we're talking and she's super excited for us to have a girl. And, yeah. and, and she has, she has a daughter and she said, but here's what she said. So this is fresh in my mind. She said, quote, you know, she said, get ready though. Everything <laughs> is different with a girl from the second they come out. <laughs> And so yeah, I've, I've right. heard that a lot. So you said you felt like you were ready and theory you were ready. Your heart said you were excited, but was it different? Was, was my friend right? Is it different having a girl? And if so, how? Absolutely. It's totally different having a girl. Um, and my wife is not an overly girly girl kind of girl. She, you know, uh, don't get me wrong. She will dress up, go out in the town and be, I'm talking about drop dead, knockout gorgeous. You know, she knows how to dance. She knows how to be a beautiful woman, all the things, right? She's very much that way, but she's also an, an outdoors woman. She loves to, you know, go on backpacking, be out in the sticks, you know, so, um, but she's not an overly frilly, frou-frou, you know, girly girl kind of girl. So we had a girl and we had all these toys in our house, trucks, you know, swords, lasers, guns, and we didn't go like buy all this girly stuff. And, um, man, I felt so bad one day Ruby was probably like, I don't know how old she was. She was old enough to be like walking around talking, you know, whatever. And we went over to a friend's house who only had a daughter and the two little girls are close to the same age and they're going up, you know, like around the corner to the room to play or whatever. She's Ruby's probably like four years old at this point or something, maybe three. I don't know. Anyway. And Ruby comes back with like all these baby dolls, you know what I mean? <laughs> She's just like wide eyed, like stoked, like, oh, and she was just going crazy over these baby dolls. And I remember Nancy and I talking like, oh, gosh, we just kind of got like sheepish. We felt so bad. We're like, oh, man, we totally like missed the ball here on uh, giving our daughter her heart's desire with these little baby dolls. I mean, she had stuffed animals, you know, as a kid, you know, growing up because our boys would have stuffed animals, too. But but man, the difference between a stuffed animal as a little cuddle toy for a boy and a baby doll 
for a girl. It's a big deal, man. And we kind of missed the boat on that at first. But since then, you know, of course, we got her a couple little baby dolls and all that stuff. So, uh, yeah, it's different. They're wired different. And and Ruby, you know, she's a little ninja. She's a little uh, go-getter. You know, like I remember when she was young, she used to say things like, um, you know, somebody would come up to her and she's like five years old and they'd tell her how cute or pretty she was or whatever. And um, she'd be like, well, I'm tough. You know, like they'd call her pretty. And she'd be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. She's like, I'm, I'm tough. I'm tough, you know. Um, so does it go the like, other direction though? If, if somebody says you're tough, would she, does she identify as being a little princess or a little, you know, daddy's little girl or anything like that? Um, I would say I haven't seen that happen yet. You know, uh, I haven't seen her correct anybody when they call her tough, you know, or like ninja or athletic her, her go, well, you know, I sure am, you know, dainty or I, I'm quite exotic actually, you know, or I'm so, <laughs> intriguing. she hasn't, she hasn't said anything like that yet. Maybe she will one day. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, but I mean, yeah, man, uh, uh, not to get too deep into the baby stuff, but you got to wipe their, where you're changing the diaper, bro. You got to wipe their butt different than a boy. You know, there's like, you can't even do the same technique. And I know I have friends that are dads that are like, oh man, I can't change my daughter's diaper. It weirds me out too much. And I'm like, oh, it's, you know, to me, it's like no big deal. You, you know, you're, you're cleaning up the baby's diaper, you're changing them, you know, whatever. But uh, yeah, boy. You wipe from the bottom up from a girl. You can't do that. You have to wipe from the top down or you're, you know, you're wiping poop into her vagina and that's not good. So this is embarrassing that I'm potentially days away from having a daughter and I've literally never thought about that. Nobody's ever told me that. And it's a good thing we're having this conversation because I probably would have done it wrong on day one. Well, bro, I, yeah, I did it wrong. And somebody's like, whoa, whoa, you can't do that. You can't do that. But it makes total sense. You can't get poop in her private parts, you know? And I'm like, oh, so you had to learn. So yeah, from day one, first diaper change, everything is, it's totally different. Okay. Yep. So tell us a little bit more about Ruby. Um, and then I, again, I've got a bunch, a bunch of questions to ask. How old is she now? You've told us a little bit about her nature already, but, but tell us about her. What, tell us about your daughter and how old she is and, and what she's into. Sure. She is nine. She is definitely the fourth child. She never wants to be anywhere, do anything alone she's always wanting somebody around um she's definitely you know a little a little cuddle monster more than any of the boys ever are she wants to you know climb up in my lap and sit and hug and snuggle and be like right there attached and i don't know how much of that is girl versus boy and how much of that is fourth kid who's always been around other people you know almost every moment of her whole life um she is just a sweet and innocent little, you know, beautiful child of God. Um, and yeah, she doesn't have a, she doesn't really have a, um, you know, a vindictive or mean or, you know, snotty bone in her body. Of course she will get, I, she, I say she doesn't have a snotty bone in her body, but she will get a little short with her brothers, uh, <laughs> from time to time, no doubt, of course. Um, she loves the outdoors. I mean, we went on, she's in, she, oh, this is a great, this is a great funny thing. And maybe she listens to this when she's older and she gets a, you know, a a laugh out of it. But one day she's very infatuated or preoccupied, very, uh, interested in Indian native American Indians, and just the way of life and living outside, living in teepees. She's like always, you know, wants to have a teepee, you know, all these things. And one day she, you know, came up to me with her, just her sweet little innocent self and said, daddy, you know, uh, we were talking about how special and unique God made us. And it was the, kind of the theme of the conversation. And she says, you know what? I, I think, I, I think God made me, you know, unique and special. And one of my really main qualities is that I, I I must be part Indian, you know, and, you know, here we are, me and Nancy, just these white American, you know, like white Anglo, whatever people. And Ruby's like, I, I think I'm like half Indian. And I'm like, yes, you certainly are. You're definitely. You just affirm that. That's half, nice. Yeah. I was like, you're half Indian, hundred percent, babe. Yeah, for sure. And uh, Nancy and I laughed about that. We got a big, you know, giggle out of it, but uh, What's we funny, on a trip. Well, I was just going to interject that we finally, finally, literally just yesterday, 
settled on a name for our daughter. I'm not going to disclose. Really? I'm not going to disclose it here. That's so exciting. But we we knew Declan's name way early on. But I've been joking the whole time. I was like, we're just going to do it the Native American way. You know, as soon as the baby comes out, something will come to us. Maybe you'll give birth birth next to like a babbling brook and we'll just name her Brooke or something like that. And, you know, so anyway, the point is we can be, we can be as white as we can be. And yeah, we can still uh, tap into some of the the great Native American traditions. Anyway. That's great. I love it. We were on a hike. Oh, go ahead. Let me tell you one more story and then we can jump to the next one. We were on a, we were out traveling and we were in Utah hiking in the, like hanging out in the high desert and stuff like that. And she looked at me, you know, she's eight years old at the time. She's like, dad, I just feel like when I grow up, I could just come out here and live. Like, you know, I just live right under that bush right there. I don't need a house. I don't need a, you know, I need cars and stuff. She's like, you see that bush right there? And I'm like, yeah, babe. She's like, I I feel like I could just live under that. I'm like, you hundred percent could. Yeah. You definitely can just go live under a bush if that's what, that's what you want to do. So she's just a lover of the outdoors. She loves Ninja. We have a gymnastics gym as our main business, but she's not way into doing gymnastics. Definitely not into competitive gymnastics, but man, she loves that Ninja, you know, jump off things, swing off things. Uh, She told me the other day, she goes, dad, I think I'm going to be a cop when I grow up because I could, I could just, chase people down and tackle them. And I was like, yes, baby, you totally can do that. That would be awesome. You know? So that's a little bit about her spirit and, and her nature and her personality. Yeah. That's cool to see so much of that come out, you know, even by age nine, I say even by age nine, by nine, you know, there's a whole lot that's already developed in a child. And so that's, uh, but that's really cool to identify all of those things about her nature that you can continue to foster then as she continues to grow. Is she, yeah. is she a daddy's girl or is she, has she been naturally more connected to you or to Nancy or has that sort of changed and gone back and forth over the years? Sure. It definitely fluctuates a little bit, but I would say predominantly, surprisingly, she's more connected with Nancy. I kind of had this anticipation of like, man, I'm going to have my daddy's girl and she's just going to be on my hip all the time. And she's just going to be starry eyed over me every day. And uh, she's, she's definitely more that way with Nancy. And she does get that way with me sometimes. Like yesterday, she and I didn't see each other very much during the day. And in the evening, she was like, boom, super glued to my hip. Daddy, I missed you so much today. You know, hugged me a hundred times and, you know, stuff like that. But, but yeah, she's predominantly more connected with Nancy. JP is more connected with Nancy. Liam has been a little bit of both. As a young kid, he was more connected with Nancy. As he's becoming a teenager, he's more, he connects more with me. Um, Seth has been kind of the one that traditionally, really gravitates towards me the most out of, uh, out of all four kids. So let's talk about, uh, I don't know how to, I don't know how to word this. I want to talk, I want to talk about how a daughter having a daughter is better, easier. Like, I don't know what word to use, but thinking about contrasting it with your experience with boys, right? Because you hear how different they are and they are, I mean, they're just, God-given different, you know? I mean, there are innate differences between boys and girls. There just are. But from a fathering standpoint, from a raising them standpoint, to this point, you know, you've had nine years of comparing and contrasting. Let's start with let's start with the good. In what ways has it been easier or better or more fulfilling? Or again, I don't sure. I don't know what word exactly to use, but but how has the experience been really good raising a girl? The upside. Yeah. As well, in, in comparison of, to sure. maybe some of the challenges with a boy. Right. Absolutely. I've never had my daughter just try to break things for the sheer purpose of trying to <laughs> break stuff. You know what I mean? Like Liam would just get a little book and he's like 18 months old and he just starts trying to rip it up. Like, why are you ripping the pages out of the book? Son? like, what's your problem? It shows his you power. Know, to, he's expressing yeah, his power. Not, yes, exactly. Right. I didn't realize that as much at the time, but. Um, now and I'm more educated in that, but so it's much easier to raise little girls because they're not always trying to flex and show their power. They're not knocking down sandcastles, not tearing up books. They're not, you know, trying to throw rocks through windows. They're not, they're not just out there smashing crap all the time. (laughs) And that is easier for sure. (laughs) Um, yeah. Um, Ruby's not quite 
as much of a daredevil. I don't have to fight the urge to not be a helicopter parent. I really don't want to be a helicopter parent. For anybody that doesn't know that term, it means you're hovering over your children, trying to protect them all the time. Newsflash, don't do that. <laughs> but for the boys, sometimes, and I'm kind of a more of a risk taker, uh, for the boys, you know, that's a hard thing for me to do is to just let them crash and break their arm and go, well, good, he learned from it. It's hard to do. It's hard to let them, you know, do dumb stuff. And I'm standing here watching him. Uh, now, that's within reason, obviously. Right. But uh, the girl, the little girl, Ruby doesn't, you know, she doesn't make that hard for me. Like, I don't, I'm not ever like, oh, man, I want, you know, um, so that's easier for sure. Um, and there's a sweetness, there's a sweetness and a tenderness there that maybe you didn't realize, maybe put another way. What What's something that you didn't even know you were missing. You know what I'm saying? It's almost like that's the way it was with kids. It's like, you don't really know what you're missing until you, until you have the kids. I, I never sure. even really knew that I wanted kids. There was a long stretch where we weren't even sure we were going to have kids. And then now that I have sure. them, it was like, yeah. oh, what, like, Hmm, I didn't, man, imagine what I would be missing out on. So is there anything with Ruby that you didn't really think about or, or, or anticipate that now you're like, Oh man, I, I could, I could never go back. I can't imagine life without a girl. Yeah. Um, I mean, this one might seem simple, but it's just something as simple as like doing hair, you know, and mostly her mom does her hair because she's way better at it than I am. But like, let's say Nancy's away or, you know, whatever. And I get to like brush her hair and put it up in a ponytail or make a sloppy dad braid out of it or whatever. Like, man, that's just a fun and cool moment. Now, sometimes it's challenge if she hasn't brushed it in a few days and She's getting to the age now where she's more capable of brushing and putting up her own hair. Um, but man, that's a cool moment with my little girl that I, that I never realized like I would actually enjoy like brushing her hair. It's almost like doting over her, you know, uh, in, in that way is that's been a cool thing. That awesome. was something I never would have expected to see or expected to appreciate or, you know, like when we first time, you know, it's like, oh, mom's gone and I, her hair looks crazy. I need to do something about that. It's kind of like, uh, for me, I get a little, I'm a little bit of a head start than probably most men because I've been a gymnastics coach for, you know, 20 years. I've done a lot of ponytails, um, but it's different when it's your own little girl, you know, as a coach in the gym, I'm just real fast fixing some kids ponytail. But when it's my own little girl, I'm taking the time to brush her hair and, and actually, you know have that moment with her, which has been cool. How has having a daughter been challenging, more challenging perhaps than some of the aspects and the nature of little boys? Well, like I said, I don't take the the responsibility of raising sons lightly. I don't want to be, I don't want to be misunderstood in that way. It's a big deal to be a father to sons. Um, but, you know, I just always felt a heavier weight of raising a little girl. You know, I feel like a heavier responsibility in, in her um, development, in her, you know, growing up and, and maintaining her innocence and her purity. And, you know, you hear these things about, you know, little girls that have dad, quote unquote, daddy issues then they get into bad relationships and they, you know, make bad choices and they, you know, and they become promiscuous and they do all these things. Right. And, and that are maybe not good for them or, you know, maybe not within the Lord's will or plan for their life. And so the weight of that was really heavy on me. Um, and, and frankly, it still is. Um, and so that's a challenge, uh, but it's a challenge that I wasn't ready for at first, but by the time we were pregnant with a little girl. I was really ready for not only ready for that challenge, but welcoming and embracing that challenge and going, you know what? No, I'm not a perfect dad, but yes, Lord, you can equip me to be the best dang dad I can be. And you can equip me to be default engaged with my daughter. And you can equip me, Lord, to be uh, default loving and accepting and uh, providing, you know, all these things, uh, for my daughter so that when it does come time for her to seek out, uh, 
you know, her, her life partner, her life mate, uh, her husband in life that I will have, we will have, you know, her mother, Nancy, me and the Lord will have built a foundation for Ruby that she can build upon and, and be successful on. Um, but you know, that's kind of the more serious. And then on the lighter side, man, it's hard to deal with her stinking emotions. Well, I was going to ask you about that specifically Bruh. because that's, yeah. <laughs> I would say that's probably my biggest fear going oh, into yeah. this because oh, yeah. I'm not a, I don't know how many men are overly emotional. I think some are more than others. I, I tend to be way towards the, the less emotional side of the pendulum but a girl's yeah. probably going to need it. I was talking yes. to a friend the other day and I just kind of asking him, like, how is it fathering a daughter? What do I need to know? And he goes, you know, the other girl, the other day I was just talking to my daughter and she just started crying and she's like, mommy, why is daddy yelling at me? And I looked at my wife. I'm like, I'm not yelling at her. She goes, your, to- your, your tone was just like That's a right. decibel higher That's than right. – like your normal tone. And so she's That's interpreting right. that as you're angry or mad at her. And he's just like, dude, I'm just talking to her, but she's crying. Like, what do I do with that? So I think that's probably oh, yeah. my biggest concern. How have you dealt with the emotions? How have you learned? And maybe how has it made you a better man? How have you had to grow to be able to handle the emotions? Well, that's a hundred percent accurate. Get ready for the tears. They're coming. <laughs> tears over dumb stuff. Yeah. You know? And get ready to be stretched as a man and become more tenderhearted. Okay. More and more patient. God knows what I need. And and more understanding, right? So we want to raise strong, we want to raise daughters to be strong women of the Lord, right? Like we don't want them to be this emotional mess of neediness. No, 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 not at all. But the reality is they are more emotionally sensitive than sons. And Get ready for that. And I would say, you know, um, as a warm up for that, as your boys start to get that way, notice it and go ahead and start practicing being more patient, being more empathetic, being more accepting of the emotions, giving them the space to cry for a minute versus immediately rushing them right out of it. That's what I've had to learn. Let her cry for a second, give her a hug. Give her a hug. When she starts crying, embrace her. Man, pick her up. Love on her. Let her head just nestle in your neck. Cradle her in your arms. Rub her back. You know? And then once I've affirmed the emotion, hey, it's okay to feel sad. Hey, it's okay to feel upset. Hey, it's okay to have these emotions. Then move on to, hey, how do you want to, how are we going to deal with this? You know, how do you, how do you, how do you want to step out of this and and have mask? I don't say this language to Ruby at nine. How do you want to master your emotions instead of being controlled by them? Right. But that's what I'm, that's what I'm coaching her towards. That's what I'm leading her towards is how to, okay, feel it, recognize it, acknowledge it, and then own it instead of just wallowing in it and laying crying for 20 minutes because your brother said something mean to you or, you know, whatever it is. Right. And so, yeah, that's been a big challenge. It's been a, a, a great source of growth for me as a man to learn to be ten- more tenderhearted. I tend to be a pretty t- tenderhearted man more than most. Um, I tend to be a more emotional man than, you know, the average. Uh, I tend to tap into feelings a little bit more. So it hasn't been a it hasn't been a tremendous leap for me, but it's certainly been a growth opportunity and a stretch in in patience and empathy and understanding and in physical affection. Um, some men aren't very physically affectionate men. And I find that my daughter is is more interested in that than my sons are. And so I want to give her that. I want to give her that cuddle. I want to give her that hug. I want to hold her hand while we're walking down the street. You know, some we're walking somewhere and she just come up and hold my hand. And I love that. It's beautiful, you know? So yeah, lean into it. Definitely will. Yeah. I feel like I've grown in that area already, even, even with sure. the boys, just being a father itself forces you to grow in those areas. And so I'll definitely lean into it and fully expect uh, that I will continue to grow in that area and, and desire to meet her needs there.
A couple other topics I'd like to touch on before we wrap up. And, and this one, man, might transition us to certainly a heavier, a heavier topic. Sure. And, and it points to what a little bit of what you were talking about. You were talking about how you feel a little bit more of a weight fathering a daughter. I want to talk about that, but maybe not in the way that you had intended. You know, I feel like the world that we live in today is different even than the world that we lived in growing up. The context of this conversation, and I know you don't follow the the mainstream news very much, but obviously there were there were some pretty horrific, uh, a pretty horrific murder in Idaho recently, where a man, you know, killed three three girls and a, a man, and uh, recently, and so I, I just think about that, man. I think about girls being victims of yep. all sorts of abuse. It seems, for whatever reason, like that's increasing in today's world and society, and. How do you think about that? Are you doing anything intentional to prepare her to defend herself physically, for example? How are you thinking about raising a daughter in such a way that she can tr uh, try to be protected in an increasingly violent and predatory society? Or do you even look at society that way? Maybe you don't necessarily see see some of what I'm talking about, but I, I do worry about that projecting into the sure. future. You know, I want I, I I can't even imagine my daughter going through some of what you read about in the news these days. Sure. So wow, I'm so excited to unpack that, and there's so much that we can talk about in that. Um, three quick things come to mind, and I want to try to hit on each one of them so that I don't forget any of them. Um, one, I really, first and foremost, want to teach my daughter to follow Christ and to be united with him and in pursuit of him and, and in love with Jesus as a savior and a Lord and to be hungry for the Bible and scripture, because if she is well and grounded spiritually, that sets the tone for so many things. Now, I'm not saying that if we follow Jesus, nothing bad's ever going to happen to us. Of course, that's not what I mean, right? But if she's following Christ, it's a lot less likely that she's going to have one too many drinks in a bar and get taken home by somebody that she shouldn't be taken home by, right? Yes. If, she's, if she is setting her life apart for holiness and in pursuit of kingdom things and God's will for her life and all those things— she, I, I just believe in all my heart that she's going to be more equipped to not be in the wrong place at the wrong, at, at the wrong time. Okay, so that's one topic we can dive into a little deeper if you want. Another idea is that, yes, we train jujitsu for self-defense, and I have been training that with her for many years since she was a little kid. We've gotten out of that practice in the last couple of years, so I'm so glad that you brought that up because it's such a great uh, reminder for me that I need to raise a daughter that can freaking choke a guy out in like 10 seconds if she needs to. Yeah. And basic jujitsu will make your daughter a killer of some chump who doesn't train. Now, right. If two people train jujitsu and somebody's stronger and more athletic and they have the same jujitsu training, the person who's stronger and more athletic is going to win. But if somebody trains a lot of jujitsu and they're going against somebody who's stronger than them physically, who has no training, bro, no chance. So no factor. She, she's going to choke some dude out that could bench press three times her weight in, in literally 10 seconds if he's got no training. And she's been training jujitsu her whole life. Um, so there's that. And the third thing is, um, you're right. I don't follow the mainstream media. And that is for a reason. I genuinely believe that the mainstream media is trying to uh, push, propagate, promote fear and worry and uh, paint the world in the most horrific negative picture that it can. Now, maybe somebody listening is going, oh, you're some crazy conspiracy theorist, you know, whatever. No, I'm really not. Um, but I work really hard at not watching the news because it puts my mind in a state of worry and oh no the world is falling apart and things are horrible and all these you know the government's crashing and there's murders on the street every day and like right all these things um 
you know, just aren't what I want to put in my mind. And now some people might go, oh, well, you just want to be naive and not know about what's happening, blah, blah, blah. It's really horrible. Well, I will say this to that critique. Go out and walk around your own town. Go out and walk around your own neighborhood. Go go hang out with 100 people. And how many of them are nice and genuine and trying to be positive and trying to do something helpful? You ever had your car break down somewhere and like somebody comes and help you? Have you ever, you know, like all these things, like I just have my own personal experiences of so many opportunities. Oh, don't go to Mexico. It's dangerous. Well, my wife went there by herself as a female and met a couple girls. Everything was fine. They had a nice little beach trip. No problem. Sure. Are there places in Mexico that a, a white woman probably shouldn't walk through the streets of? Yeah, there are, but that's not the majority of the country, right? Are there horrible things that happen to people every day? Yes, there are. But in my opinion, it's a very small percentage. Um, does that mean I don't have a responsibility to, to raise a daughter that's a killer? No, I still have that responsibility. Um, but I just don't, I really, I work really hard at not, not focusing in on all the bad things happening in the world, because I genuinely believe that is a minority percentage of what's happening in the world. Noted. And I think you make some good points. Let's continue to talk about sort of that weight that you felt going into having a daughter about that father-daughter relationship. And so we just sort of talked maybe about the the phys- physical side of it. Let's talk about the emotional side of it. How have you been intentional in trying to bond with your daughter to nurture that father-daughter relationship? Where do you think you have succeeded in terms of being the man and the father that you were afraid early on you might not be able to be and that now that you're in the thick of it you're striving to be how are you doing with that and what are you doing to nurture that relationship sure of course well <clears throat> one thing that I do with Ruby is I go on little dates with her and I, I think that it's important for dads to date their daughters uh, for a lot of reasons one it's just quality one-on-one time it's great to be together it's great to pull away from the big family unit and have some individual one-on-one time with our daughter, uh, our daughters, you know, your daughter, however that plays out for you. But when I take her on a date, bro, I open the door of the car for her. And I help her in and I close the door and then I come back around to my side and I say, Hey, you know, if a gentleman wants to take you out on a date one day, when you get older, one of the things that, you know, God honoring and women honoring gentlemen do is they they open doors for their ladies. And it's not because I think you're too weak to open the door for yourself, but it's because I want to honor you and cherish you and make you know that you are so special. And so I take my daughter on dates and I do things like open the door for her. And then I explain to her why I'm doing that. Because I want to paint a picture of the type of man that I hope the Lord is preparing for her. You know, I pray for my daughter's future husband on a regular basis. I can't say daily because there's some days that I, you know, I miss, but I pray for him. Lord, prepare for her a husband. Lord, prepare for her the right man that's going to follow you and lead her that she can, you know, become a great wife too, that they can have this beautiful marriage relationship that is following you and, you know, uplifting and honoring each other. So I pray for her husband. I pray that God will develop her into the woman that is worthy of a of a, a wonderful, amazing husband. You know, um, we leave. I leave little notes for her around the house. You know, I'll do a little drawing and say, "Hey, Ruby, I love you." Um, sometimes she'll grab her mom's phone and she'll send me a text with a million different emojis, like hearts and sunshines and rainbows and the beach. And, you know, it's like three lines of like little emoji, you know, those picture face things. And, um, and I send her one back, Hey Ruby, I love you, you know, uh, and all that thing, you know, all those types of things. So we connect with each other in that way. Um, one thing that I haven't, I mean, we, we pray daily, you know, together as a family, um, I haven't spent a whole lot of one-on-one, just she and I prayer time together. She's still kind of, maybe I say she's still kind of young for that, but maybe she is, maybe she isn't. But that's something that maybe the Lord's stirring in my heart right now 
hey, begin to ha- begin to build a little prayer time together with her, um, which would be really cool. Um, we do read the Bible together. I read um, the Jesus Storybook Bible to her, and she loves those Bible stories. Um, and I love that time together with her. Um, and that's kind of a special, you know, thing that we do just the two of us. Um, and then another thing that I do that, that might not be super obvious, but I honor and I cherish her mother, my wife, Nancy in front of her. I, I give Nancy a kiss. I give her a hug. I am affectionate towards her. Sometimes I'll eat, there might be a song on the radio or on the Pandora or whatever, and I'll just grab Nancy and we'll, we'll dance a little bit in the kitchen together. And I'll do a dip and I'll give Nancy a kiss. And so I'm modeling those things. A, because I want to do that stuff with my wife. I love her. She's amazing. I want to romance her. I want to you know, keep that uh, passion and enjoyment in marriage alive. And so I'm intentional with my wife. And then I'm also making sure that I'm doing those things in front of my daughter, in front of my sons. I'm modeling how to be a good husband to my sons, but I'm, I'm modeling what a good husband looks like so that my daughter can see that she can experience it. You know, Um, I don't yell at my wife. You know, I don't belittle my wife. I don't make fun of my wife in front of the kids. You know, Um, I don't put her down. I build her up. I lift her up. You know, I do all those things. Um, And so those are, those are some of the things that just come, you know, off top of the head. Yeah. Well, that's, Uh, that's more than just off the top of the head. I think that's gold. And I think I'm certainly filing away a lot of these ideas. I think th- this picture almost of you dating your daughter and, and ro- being a good role model for your daughter. Uh, I've talked to another buddy of mine. I've been seeking advice from, from men that I trust uh, about fathering a daughter. And, and what he told me resonates uh, and is in alignment with what I think you're saying. He said, what you need to remember is that you're going to be the first man she ever loves. Yeah. And, and that that can put a little bit more pressure on me. And yet I think that's also encouraging. And and I would actually swing back and encourage you in this because I I wanted to say this a little earlier in the conversation, you were just talking about the weight of that and, and being not fearful, but definitely conscious of wanting to raise her the right way and make sure she's equipped to, to choose the right man and do all of these things. And, and I think ultimately for you, Perry, just the way that you, treat your wife the way that you walk out being a good man is what she is seeing and being exposed to. And I think, I think that goes so much further even than anything that you could say or intentionally try to teach her because that is what she is, is seeing on a daily basis in terms of what, what a man of God should be, what a good father should be, what a good husband should be. And, and she's not, you know, she's, God willing, not going to go out and be promiscuous sure. and do all the things that that you sure. you know inwardly might be afraid of because she just knows that there's no life there because she has seen the opposite play out in her world. So so anyway, good for you on all of that stuff. Uh, as we wrap and up, I wanna, oh go ahead. I want to throw one more thing in that I think is important, um, and it goes back to what you were saying about your friend who who spoke in a tiny bit more elevated tone and she felt yelled at. Yes. And so as men for our daughters, one thing I do, and I, and I want to continue to be even more intentional about, and it really resonated with me, as you said, she's going to be, I'm going to be the first man she loves, is I want to protect her heart. Mm. And so I, I don't want to yell at her. You know, instead, I want to be tender. I don't want to belittle her. Instead, I want to uplift her. I don't want to shame her. Instead, I want to empathize and embrace her. And I really want to be gentle with her heart. Sometimes I can look at her and she can just tears. (laughs) I say, baby, what, you know, what's going on? Oh, dad, you know, and she feels like she's disappointed me. Right. Or she feels like she's let me down or she feels like whatever. And that can just be a normal tone with a, maybe the wrong words in a question. It can be a slightly frustrated tone. Doesn't have to be an elevated tone. It can just be a sense of frustration in my voice if I ask her something. Man, it just it melts her little heart and the tears come. It can be a stern look sometimes that just, you know, 
And so I want to be very intentional about cherishing, loving, and just really taking soft, tender care of the heart that God has given Ruby. And I want to encourage other men and fathers to, 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 to hold your daughter's hearts in your hands with gentle hands on the inside and iron spikes, you know, on the outside. And then one day as we walk our daughters down the aisle, we're going to hand that heart to her husband and he's going to have that role. Um, and so, yeah, I just want to paint that picture and encourage you, encourage the listeners, encourage myself to remember that it's a tender little heart that we've been charged with holding, you know, for the first few years of her life. And so let's rise up and, and do that. Let's rise up and be that. And with the Lord's help, I can't do it on my own. I need the equipping. I need the equipping from the Lord to be that tender, loving, protective father. So Lord, may it be so in my life, may it be so in Brett's life, may it be so in, in everybody's life who's who happens to be listening to this podcast. I receive that in the name of Jesus. I think that's a great place to wrap this up. Thank you, Perry, as always, for sharing your wisdom, for being a good friend. It's it's good to know that there's somebody that I can go to as I have questions, as I'm sure I will, as I am raising a daughter. But uh, I have some great ideas here, and just more importantly, I think the right mindset going into having having a daughter. So I'm excited about it. You guys, I'm sure, as listeners, will hear more from me about it when the big day comes. We Woo. do have uh, some more episodes scheduled intentionally trying to talk about father-daughter relationships as well, and so continue to stay tuned. You know, I know... For whatever reason, a lot of the episodes so far uh, have been maybe a little bit more focused on sons. I think that's because Perry and I mostly have sons, although he obviously has Ruby a daughter. I'm about to have more of a daughter. But we know there's so many of you listening who also have daughters, and those are important relationships as well. And so we very much intend to come to you with, with more topics and guests and uh, and just episodes around the father-daughter relationship. So excited about that. And yeah, man, just excited for what, what the year has in store. But for now, we will wrap up this episode and look forward to talking with you all again on an upcoming episode of the Faithful Fatherhood Podcast. Take care, everyone. I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm trying to be a good